0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai,
0: there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? I like your look. Thanks. It's the just woke up morning vibes.
1: Do we have your consent to use this in perpetuity throughout the universe? Me. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Great. Do you have like a? I'll ask this question for real. All right, we're going. Going. <laughs> Ready? Three to one. So I've told this story about 80 times. The first time I met Sue Bird, obviously I knew who she was. I worked at ESPN, she was this big star, you know, covered her games. She's probably like, you didn't cover that many of our games. But you know, things got better over time, right? Women's sports did get the coverage and are getting better coverage than they once did. But back in the day, you know, we got UConn women's basketball, Sue Bird's this big star, then she moves on, then she's a big star again. But then one time at the Seattle airport, she just walks up and goes, hi, I'm Sue Bird. And it just made me get, like, it was such a perfect way to meet her. I always appreciated you from a distance, obviously didn't know you, have come to know you, and I'm really honored that you agreed to do the show.
0: Oh, I'm happy to be here.
1: We I did your show, The Between Two Birds. For those of you who haven't seen it, you should Google it. Um, she's done a whole bunch of fun interviews. I got to be the first male. Is that a fact? I broke the barrier? That is a
0: fact. Fun fact. Yeah.
1: And I wish they would have put more in. We did so many stupid things. Somebody asked me, a friend at work, who I did a lot of sports centers with, he says, how long was that shoot? I was like, I don't know, seven minutes? It wasn't very long. Because when it was over, I was like, uh, really? We're done? That's Yep, we're done. You just wanted a minute, two minutes? You just wanted... It's for yeah. the
0: Jumbotron. So that's the... It's in-game Jumbotron entertainment. So, like, I don't even know when they show it. Maybe in a timeout. So they only have... They have to, like, take those seven minutes and make them like a minute and a half. So it's all the good usually gets cut out. It's very sad.
1: So are you telling me you're playing in a WNBA game and it's time to roll? I think they run it first quarter break. You don't sit on the bench and look up and watch. You're in the huddle breaking down chalk.
0: It's the only time my eyes can go in two different directions. (laughs) I'm literally right eyes on the board, left eye, jumbotron.
1: (laughs) I mean, you played so long. Do you even need to listen to the huddle that much at this point?
0: i think that was part of the problem that's why i had to get out <laughs>
1: all right this isn't sour grapes congratulations to las vegas aces man they they, yeah. they were deep
0: they killed it yeah. they,
1: they had some players but you guys could have beat them when you hit the corner yeah. shot i'm in new orleans because i was there for caesars doing this thing sue hits the shot with was it like two seconds to go i forget it was no two.
0: point eight
1: on their inbounds oh that's I, right they're read there was the like
0: there was like yeah so there was i don't even know two three seconds when we inbounded and they put 0. 0.8 on the clock so after i hit the shot point eight
1: and you're up by two we're up by two
0: it's just in tragic the how
1: do they make tra- a bucket to tie the game
0: it's just a tragic tragic comedy at that point like could have been so amazing
1: and then <laughs> and, just... and the next game you guys were in it wasn't like you got it wasn't like vegas blew you out vegas barely no. got by you and you could argue that you guys toughened them up to do so well when they won the title.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know it's easy to sit here and say this because I want to make myself and I want to make our team feel better, but I really do think that that series with Vegas was the finals, and that's no disrespect to Connecticut at all. In fact, Connecticut Connecticut blew Vegas out in one of their games, so it's, it's no disrespect, but there was just something about that series, the intensity of it. Every game went down to the wire. There was no, every game was close.
1: Yeah. So, you know. For the record, it, it was a little disrespect but not that much it was she just has to say that to qualify which no yeah. it really was and you know if they're going to write the story here's this legendary player beloved you know league wide cross culture everywhere she's going to win this thing you're like it would have been perfect
0: it would have been perfect
1: i mean when when i say when you look back at your career which ended 5 days ago it's <laughs> right you're going to reflect on your career for many years but even right now or even while you were playing isn't it true that you often reflect on the the what ifs and the failures more than the successes, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, first
0: of all, there's more of them.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like I, I always say, it's like I'm, you know, I'm this decorated WNBA athlete. I only, and I've played 20 years. Let's call it. I only won four times. So it's like 16 times <laughs> where something probably tragic happened. What a loser. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> My ratio is terrible.
1: Oh, I'm still hung up. Totem junior high against Sacagawea. <laughs> okay, this is, th- why are you laughing at my career? Because you just is... reminded
0: me of uh, Al Bundy, <laughs> back at Polk High.
1: <laughs> no, not, I mean, they didn't recognize my greatness at the time. I was 5'8", 135 pounds, second string quarterback. I would get bigger and end up playing Division A, not very much. Mm-hmm. But in ninth grade, we're, they stick me in because I'm the only guy who can throw It's Last play of the game, Lance Mihawk, and he catches a touchdown and they said he was out of bounds. And we know he wasn't out of bounds. This is like 45 years ago. And I'm yeah, still bitter about that. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no replay point.
0: center. Yeah, I <laughs> no, would No, I too. wanted to go
1: to the VAR for sure. Yeah, on wanted VAR. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any singular moment? Let, let's leave aside Vegas. I mean, that was crazy. You guys should have yeah. won that game. Is there some other, like, man, like seven years ago, I had this lay-in, or, or we got blocked, or, you know, like, the thing that just, you can't let go of it. Yeah. Um, what's your Lance Mihawk story? What's my
0: Lance Mihawk? <laughs> uh, my junior year of college is my Lance Mihawk. We, um, we won my sophomore year on top of the world. We, uh, we add a, a freshman class that includes Diana Tarasi. We didn't really lose that many players. Just a couple seniors, but nobody. Uh, we had all like the returning scorers, if you will. So we only get better, and Coach Auriemma, at the parade in 2000 after we won, guarantees a win, <laughs> a national championship the next year. And you know, we had our fair share of uh, ups and downs that season for sure. But we got to the final four, we're playing Notre Dame in the semis, we're up 12 or 14 in the in the first half and we just totally crapped the to bed the rest of the game and lose. And that just still to this day stings. It's a tough one.
1: That's like Vegas Duke, 91 I think.
0: Yeah, it's tough, yeah.
1: So I went to UNLV. We win the thing with all the good guys, Grandmama and Ogman, And then the next year they're supposed, to, they're supposed to win and they didn't. And you're just like <laughs> mystified. Sometimes that's why the sports are played, right? That's why yeah. it's such a exciting reality TV better than fake reality TV is you never know.
0: Yeah, you literally never know. It's the best part.
1: I, I brought it up at the very top when I was talking about the coverage. All the while, and maybe even still, right? Like women's sports... You know, there's there's I mean they've had to go to court, right? To get like for gender equality. Mm-hmm. Do you feel today in the year 2022 it's at least in a better place and trending in the right place? The way it's all treated, the way it's all consumed.
0: Um, it is trending absolutely in the right direction. Um, even during the WNBA finals, <laughs> I actually didn't watch any of it, like I got some glimpses of those games, but I didn't really tune in, but just like scrolling through social media or catching things here and there, you can already tell there's like, there's, there's a, there's now like a pre WNBA countdown show on ESPN. So they're, they're dedicating 30 minutes to like the storylines. You can see it, um, the people who are covering it on Twitter, you can just see there's a huge uptick in, in, in what's being followed. it's like, what's frustrating, I think as a female athlete is just all the drama and the great games and the storylines, they've always been there. They've always been there. It's not like all of a sudden <laughs> there's there's all this amazing play and game-winning shots. And you know, when I say storylines, it could be like you know, two sisters playing each other or like these things have always been there. They just never, ever got talked about. So it is nice that, that it's
1: starting to change. The other side of that is the money. You know, I would argue the women's national soccer team deserves way more than men because they're better and they always win. Right. But WNBA, no Mm -hmm. offense. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have LeBron, you don't have Steph Curry. So it's going to draw more attention, more money's thrown at it. And when they divvy up the pool, there's just going to be less for the women. It's just right now. That's how it is. is.
0: Yeah. So my my one counter to that would be because you brought up soccer. It's like they are better. They do get more attention. They do win more. And yet they're still having to fight. So just kind of there. I love that about I hate that they have to fight. But I love that about that storyline because that really proves how women's sports have, have been held back or how we've had to fight for just the bare minimum, even if we do, quote-unquote,
1: deserve it the way the women's right. soccer team has proven. Yeah, because there's a concrete example. This is a right, the theoretical, exactly. boy, they're exactly. trying. Let's if you just gave
0: us money, we'd be able to. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, they're actually doing it. And they still have to like run into all these different blockades.
1: You played in Russia. Was it, was it like? overall, almost 10 years or something like that yeah, 10 like in, years, your, yeah. in your 10 off seasons. season. And did you do that out of necessity to put food on the table? Like I'm not making enough over here and so I play basketball. I'm going to go play some more and make some more money. Is that? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's part of it. Um, I mean, that's the main part of it for sure, but it's not like out of necessity as much as it was, this is a really an amazing opportunity where I'm going to get paid a lot to play basketball. Why wouldn't I do that? You know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, No, but no yeah. No, no. Guess, to your point, well, if the WNBA paid more, I never would have gone.
1: That's Absolutely. Not, well, that was yeah. my point. I <laughs> yes. mean, it's, you're, you're like, you know, if you look back at olden day NFL and, and people laugh at it now, but it's just true. Guys would make, you know, $20,000 and they had to go work Other a jobs. regular, quote unquote, yeah. regular job to support their family, then go back and play football right. again. I mean, right. it, what's really funny is you look up old, old salaries. My dad, we were very middle class. We lived South mm-hmm. Seattle. He probably mm-hmm. never made 40,000, 45,000. Somehow, uh, you know, costs were less. Obviously, mm-hmm. gas was 33 cents. But you look up your favorite athletes of that era. My favorite Seattle pilot, I don't know if you know the story, that became the Milwaukee Brewers. They were in Seattle for uh-huh. one year, 1969. Over there on, uh, there's a Lowe's Home Improvement Store, I think is what it is now. Um, and and my favorite guy's making like 19.5. He's like, my <laughs> yeah. dad, my dad made twenty three <laughs> five that year. You know, I mean, it's yes. funny, and and then you look at NBA money now because they they split the pool. Mm-hmm. The best player on every team gets the max deal, right? They they're all making just just absurd, yeah. absurd amounts of money. But if you make whatever you make, I never begrudge it. Whatever, it's sort of like a house deal. If a house sells for this much, it was worth that much because somebody exactly.
0: Oh no, I totally agree. Yeah, it's all about market value.
1: Um, are you just? fielding offers at this point, like just the <laughs> phones, no, you must be getting a lot of attention. Like after you leave this thing and you were so well known anyway, and you've already proven yourself as an analyst, you did a lot of that already. Are you telling people, give me a minute, give me a half hour, yeah. give me a month.
0: Yeah. I basically told, um, my agents like, Hey, I think I'm just going to take a couple weeks to like sit in this and just kind of chill and, you know, be off the grid for lack of a better. I feel like what I discovered in that time was it takes my friends a day and a half to check in on me. So it's like if something did happen where I got kidnapped, people would know in a day and a half because I would get one text and it would be like, "Hey, what's up? How's everything going?" And when I didn't respond for a day and a half, then I got the, "Hey, you okay? You good?" <laughs> so, I really I felt really good about that. It's a big discovery, day and a half. <laughs> Do
1: you have a do you have a fleet of agents and advisors? <laughs> no, no, no. Is I'm with your...
0: Wasserman, so it's like a obviously it's a big company, but right.
1: no. No, no, no. There's just a couple of people. But have they been your people all along or did you switch? Pretty roles? much.
0: I switched once super early. Um, so probably since I don't remember two thousand three or four. I've basically been with the same the same people. Give or take. They've just had some changes. Let it I've be stayed. known.
1: I won't be going through Wasserman for my pitches to you. Okay. I like to go direct <laughs> direct source. Got it. Yeah. I mean that, it, it's funny because when I would try to do even still, when I try to do certain things, I have a foundation, you've helped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're helping veterans get pain-free. Um, and and so sometimes I want to do something like to, to help, you know, raise more money. I'm not calling the guys, I'm gonna find a way to get to the guy. Like I yeah. don't want some other guy to say no, because typically the agents and the publicists they're trained to say knows their first answer. Yep. She's very busy right now. <laughs> now they're very kind, they're very kind, a zero, but yeah. On a zero to 10, I don't think I was that aggressive with you on this, like trying to get you huh. to be a guest. And it made way more yeah. sense to do it after anyway, right? Yeah, it did,
0: yeah, yeah. Cause I've, I forget when we first talked about it, but at it that It was before point, you announced. Oh, it was before it was I announced be- the time It was right.
1: before you said this was your last year, yeah. Oh,
0: okay, okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, so then when that happened, it was kind of like, all right, it, First of all, the conversation would probably be better anyways, because we could just kind of talk in retrospect versus like, oh, how does it feel to be going through a season and blah, blah, right,
1: blah. Right, right. Well, all the boring stuff. Also, uh, to my good fortune, had you said yes, and we did it like that week, and then you announced like two days yeah. later. Like, <laughs> I to wouldn't have done that talks, to you. I wouldn't have done interview. that to you. Well, yeah. you would have leaked it somehow. All right, <laughs> this is a funny connection, because I, I sat next to Meg, Meg Rapino, mm-hmm. uh at a Seahawks game with gretchen my wife you've met she says hello by the way hi gretchen she wants to be your best friend um so i'm open now i've got openings (laughs) (laughs) got free time so we're sitting there this is is years ago this is i don't know seven eight years ago and the whole time she was just like a very pleasant fun we're joking about the game i shared my peanuts whatever and she had i think she had like a wool she had a hat she had something on you know you don't see all of her Mm -hmm. and the whole time like she's really familiar but i did not until like she got up and walked it. away. We're like, oh shit, that was Meg Rapino!" Like, we yeah. <laughs> were like running after her, you know. So that was, I think, my only meeting with her. Uh, oh, but she came that's across, the only time? I think I, I was oh around her one other event, but not, you yeah, know, just, like face-to-face. Gotcha. So how did you two meet mm-hmm. and what drew you to her? What What is it about her that, give me some of her attributes. Her attributes.
0: Um, so we met, like technically we met, I'll actually give like the very short version at the Olympics. You there was like if you want, so. <laughs> there was like one actual "hi, nice to meet you" moment that that was a little bit before the Olympics, but that was it was literally all it was because we are both with Wasserman. We don't have the exact same agent, but we're both with Wasserman, and he kind of um, introduced us. So then it was at the Olympics where we kind of connected, and it was like this is stupid, we both play in Seattle, like we should be friends. She was dating somebody at the time, so it wasn't even like that, we're like this is dumb, why aren't we friends? And so then when we got back from the Olympics, um, we tried to like hang out, have like catch up, have dinner, at the time, if you remember, um, it was 2000, the summer of 2016 when our entire league, which was um, started by the Minnesota Lynx, were taking a stand on you know, police brutality and just bringing all of that to the forefront whether it was wearing black t-shirts, all those things. Megan, as we know now, was already very much like about that and wanted to be involved. So we had that connection right away. And so to talk about her attributes a little bit, you can just tell she has a passion about her when it comes to things she cares about. And I always found that both attractive, obviously, but um, I don't know, just something special. Like if someone can put themselves in front of the bus, so to speak, for, 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 for another person, for another cause, for whatever. I just think that really speaks volumes to, to who they are like at the core. Um, but of course there's other things, like we get along great, she's hilarious, um, we have so who's, much fun. Who's funnier? She's she's definitely funnier. Really? I, yeah, she's funnier because she can like, she can like get a room going and kind of is like silly and she kind of has like a quick wit. Um, I'll like slide them in a little more subtle. So that's kind of where our humors are different.
1: Okay. Yeah. But we have fun. How are you when she like goes with the pink hair and whatnot? <laughs> it's your life. Do you do your hair?
0: Yeah. now Definitely much. Yeah, that now. But when she wanted to first dye it pink um, was literally right before the World Cup in 2019. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure you want to do that? Like you've never done it. Blonde's kind of your thing. It's the signature. And she was like, oh, no, I'm sure i was like all right cool and you know she was right i was definitely wrong on that one because it became you know it's like literally a symbol for sure
1: yeah yeah kind of a mike mccready pearl gem hairdo yeah if you will (laughs) um did you guys get married yet because you were going to and then the trump virus happened and then (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. and then so you haven't officially no we haven't gotten married
0: yes (laughs) yeah she's all right (laughs) okay Yeah, yeah no she um i think what happened was like you said the trump virus hit Um, that's actually right when we got engaged, it was like October of 2020. And then it just became the, the, like the thought of it, it was like, this is too hard while we're both still playing. Cause it's actually Megan's schedule, Megan's schedule gets crazy. That soccer schedule is wild, especially if they're headed into like a world cup year. She's home, or so she's gone like 75% of the time. So we've actually gone to a couple of her teammates weddings and they've been great. Don't get me wrong, but you have to smash them in. So a lot of times they're they're around New Year's. They have yeah. to like really fit it in with their schedule, and so we just didn't want to have that constraint. So you, as I'm retired, she's not. So
1: yeah, when you said those weddings were great, don't get me wrong. Was that in the same qualification as as the in Vegas no Aces and the Connecticut no, Sun?
0: <laughs> You're really trying to get me in trouble here, aren't you? <laughs> no,
1: that's funny.
0: no, the weddings actually were great. <laughs> they were.
1: There was great. no diss
0: on the wedding. It was a diss on no the way. calendar. No way. Those are some of the best the weddings, calendar. almost
1: as good as the Connecticut Sun. Almost. Um, <laughs> so are you is there a new date or is it still just come on make quit playing soccer and we can get married
0: yeah quit playing soccer so we can get married no um no i mean i really the, the best part about this retirement i've never done this i like i'm not thinking about anything it's so nice
1: it is nice. and so i'm
0: just kind of enjo- yeah i'm just kind of enjoying this because i know it's it's pretty soon i'm going to be getting you know my ages are going to be like tap 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 time to come back to the, to society and so i'm just kind of enjoying living in this and not doing anything not thinking about anything
1: you know, Charlie Steiner, famous, former ESPN, there does the Dodgers. After I left, he told me, the, he, it was like a story from his father. It was a very long story, Charlie, you know, very elaborate detail. But it, the the end of it was just like the greatest gift to have in whatever it is you do, it doesn't matter if it's sports or your entertainment or whatever, is the ability to say no. Not yeah. just because you're so well off and you get to more, no I hear what you're saying. That doesn't work for me. I think I want to pass on. Because a lot of people, myself included, stuff would come in okay I'll take it Good. I need another 10 grand or whatever it was you know mm-hmm. and you're saying yes to stuff that you your heart's not necessarily you don't want to do right
0: yeah so it's nice gonna, to be selective
1: absolutely we're gonna, we're gonna have a side conference after this I have a, okay. I'm old as side you. chat I, I'm like just look at me like your uncle giving you sound <laughs> advice you don't have to take it but I think I know in a couple of cases so going back to, to your relationship that's not the easiest thing in the world to pull off even if you both, you know, are, are, are very, you know, simpática. uh She's gone a lot. You're gone. A lot. Yeah. Like, how, oh, yeah. Did you, how did you do it? Did you text a lot? Which one of you complained <laughs> when the other, like I'm the big baby in my relationship. With, I can be gone three days. You didn't text me back. I texted you <laughs> at noon. You didn't even get back to me before 30. And then she's like, I was on a dog walk and I ran into the so-and-sos. And like, there yeah, was a the reason so she didn't so's. get back to me, but you guys had to deal with that all the time.
0: Yeah. So I think we were really lucky in that because we're both living essentially the same life, we understand what it is. We actually were just talking about this the other day. Early in our relationship, we never really had those stresses. We just kind of like, because we understood, okay, there is a chance that I texted you good morning and that, you know, you had to go talk to your coach. That happens, random occurrences like that happen. So we never really had to deal, especially early when you're kind of getting established as a couple um, with those moments, because we just understood. So that's like a big part of it, and the other part is for. I will say this: for the times we're apart, when we're together, we're like together. It's like twenty-four-seven. We go everywhere together. We travel together. So it is. It's like it's. It is hot or cold, but obviously, when it's cold, it's cold. But when it's hot, it's hot. So it's it's kind of there's there's like a little bit of a balance there.
1: Do you have any one story where you were blamed for not getting back? I, I know mine. I was. <laughs> in seattle but i was working in la for sports center and i used to stay at brent berry's house pretty often mm-hmm. he has yeah. a cool place love brent. There. love brent yeah brent's a good one um and um like um, in hermosa beach and and i fell asleep watching tv on his couch and my phone fell off the couch into a box of triscuits that were right i was eating triscuits watching tv yeah. My phone was later found at, you know, 10 a.m. when I woke up <laughs> in a box of Triscuits. She's calling all morning. Where in the hell are you? Are you safe? You know, And I said, my phone fell into a box of Triscuits. And that <laughs> I was <swear>. my excuse. <laughs> and it was true.
0: <laughs> you need to take a picture of the phone <laughs> in the box. That's your only chance at that point. <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, <clears throat> we had, there was one, I don't even remember, like, I think Megan had uh left her phone in uber by accident and it was more to be honest for me what usually happens there's definitely been like occurrences of that but this one in particular what happens to me is i'm like you didn't write back okay maybe it's been an hour okay now i'm starting to be like are you alive that's yeah. where my head goes proof of life i'm not yeah i'm not even like okay write me back when you write me back i'm not even tripping about that i'm like wait but are you dead like i need to know you're alive so now i'm like do I, do I send out the alarms? Do I call her mom? Have you talked to Megan? Have you, you know, it's like, that's what happens to me.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do?
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
1: FDSE. Go back to Russia. And, and obviously a very serious thing uh, with Ms. Greiner over there. Mm-hmm. Um, first on that. You guys and and not just the the women not just i mean, a, lot, a lot of people have have been you know calling it out Brianna Stewart's, you know Grant, a couple times yeah. a week right mm-hmm. um it's such a delicate thing with the war in ukraine the relationship's horrible with them she's in for wh- who knows what the evidence was but do you advocate in a way that's like are you guys advocating a way that's helpful just by yelling about it i'm not criticizing that like, what else is there to do except just keep her name alive, right?
0: But yeah, currently, that's really all we can do. Um, you know, the powers that be on on, on BG side of things are in it. They are in it with the, you know, yeah. all, the, all the, like I said, State all the Department, powers that be. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So for us, it was a little bit of an evolution in terms of our strategy. Very early, if you remember, we were actually very quiet. Um, and by we, I mean WNBA players. So, and those are like connected to us. So we were very quiet about it. We didn't wanna bring extra attention to it at the start because we didn't want BG to become any kind of political pawn. That was clearly what was happening. You know, that was, that was obviously what I feel like the other side, the Russian side, that was part of the strategy was to be able to use her in some way. So we tried to stay quiet. And then um, I forget, there was something that like prompted this. I forget exactly what it was, but then it became clear, like, okay, now we have to be loud. And that was also like very much. We strategized about it. We had conference calls about these things. Uh, we send out talking points all the time. Our union does, so we're all on the same page. So it can be just like clear and concise. And then it got to a point, like I said, where we was like, "All right, it's time to get loud about this. Yep. It's time to like spread the word. It's time to talk about it on TV." Um, and that's where we still are, just making sure we bring well, attention to it.
1: And we're in such a unique situation. You know, it's an enemy of the U.S. Yeah, they're in a war with Ukraine. Really we're sad. supporting Ukraine. I mean, ultimately, I don't say this lightly, like it's going to be a trade. Well, Ukraine <clears throat> will give a Russian general. They captured in exchange for a spy in exchange for her. You know, like mm-hmm. some weird thing like that might end up being the computation that that solves it. Hopefully, yeah, I mean,
0: hopefully I have no idea. I think whatever at this point, at this stage, whatever brings her home is works for me. Like yeah. it's it's. Yeah. I mean, it, it speaks volumes to who she is that. You know i read i think it was like an article um she had written a letter to to president biden and you know there was like a response to it i think and it was like it's known in the jail like everybody loves bg right all these russians love bg like it's like that's that's who she is and then there is the whole idea of like sanctity of sport um just that i know the russian culture values sports tremendously mm-hmm. and so to hold not that athletes are above anybody else but it is just like a little bit, I find hypocritical that they value athletes the way they do. I played there. I know it. I can tell you stories of the ways in which they value athletes. I was almost jealous. If you win an Olympic gold medal over there, I think this is true to this day. If you win an Olympic gold medal over there, you get paid like a stipend for the rest of your life, like $5,000 a month for the rest of your life.
1: Cause it brings like, glory to. Yes. Russia. They value.
0: So it's just, it's just, I think an interesting idea that you know, here we are as athletes traveling the world all the time. And now you've kind of you've made that scary for athletes, but you love athletes and you cherish them and you value them. So it's just this interesting
1: thing in my head. Right, right. When you were there while we weren't allies by any means, Mm -hmm. um, it was friendlier time or normal times, I guess you'd call it. So you never had any weird experiences. you just kind of played your game and stayed in hotels. Well,
0: I don't know if I would say I didn't have any weird experiences, but (laughs) no, nothing where Nothing where I felt in danger. I felt unsafe. Um, Obviously, and this has been documented, well, it's actually been documented on a ESPN 30 for 30 podcast. One of the places that I played, both myself and Diana Tarazi, amongst others, we, um, our owner, his name was Shap Von Kalmanovich. He had a colorful background. We'll leave it at that. And he actually got um, murdered. He was like assassinated. So that didn't, you know, there's things happen. It's a different, it's a different country, a different culture. But no, I would say 99% of my experience there was positive. Um, in fact, I tell people all the time, it's like, it's like the Russian government obviously makes decisions. I don't even like Russians love America. The minute they would come across us in any way, maybe just like a random encounter in a restaurant. And they always want to try their English out. And would be like, Oh, where are you from? And they'd be like, Oh, I'm from New York. <gasps> New York. Like, yeah. you know, they were really fascinated by American culture. It's just, I think politics, like with everything, just get in the way of that.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Did you ever look back and say, Man, I I could have just done like analyst more analyst work or shot another commercial. Like, were there other options that could have supplanted that or was it that No way.
0: No (laughs) No way. It's not that or nothing. It was just the money.
1: Yeah. The money was crazy.
0: Now I hear what you're saying, almost like bang for your buck. Could I've put together no, I don't so I started going overseas in two thousand four or five I think Um, and the money just like grew like exponentially every year and there I don't think there's there weren't enough commercials available to be honest for women athletes anyway so it's like I don't think I could have put anything together that would have kept me home with the amount of money that was being offered
1: over there yeah it would have been and it was way better than WNBA money
0: oh my god this has been well documented obviously
1: yeah well yeah i'm not asking for your w2 I you just, I, i'm trying to. i'm like they don't do wts over there so yeah, we're good <laughs> <laughs> it was pre-bitcoin you know yeah. that route. um do you know what you want to do and you don't have to this doesn't have to be your final answer
0: and, um no I, here I can like... i give you a job yeah
1: please no 100 percent. with your knowledge your name you know your leg all of it you love seattle NBA franchise is coming. I think we're going to get an announcement sooner than later for an expansion. Okay. I'm in and you do what you want. You could, you could help coach. You could be in front office, you could, you know, like I've actually there's a thought bunch of roles that. that would be cool for you on the men's yeah. side. You've already done the women's side. You did that.
0: Yeah. I want to do both. I want to do both. Okay. I've actually thought about that. Fine I I was here for, what is it like six, seven seasons? Um, yeah, my first six or seven seasons, I was here with the Sonics and it was amazing. I think it's like, obviously I I can go on a whole tear about why an NBA team is amazing for the community, but for myself, it was amazing. I love being connected to the, to the NBA side. I I love being connected to the WNBA side. So if the Sonics, if, and when they do come back, I I, I would definitely stay involved with the storm. It's like, I can only imagine that I'd want to be on that side of it too and do it all. I think that'd be amazing.
1: I really, I don't know, like the role, but. You know, just pick your own role. I know. Role. I'm
0: like, can I, I just want to, like, create a title. I want to, like, yeah. do a big make em up Just make something up where everybody goes, what does that exactly mean? Yeah. And that's the point.
1: <laughs> you know, do it like you do your Between Two Birds. Just talk really fast and make up a title. Yeah. I, I had to slow the tape down to find out what the hell you said. It. I finally got the joke. <laughs> got Jamal Crawford. We got you. Yeah. We got some other Sonics. Brent Barry should be involved. I know he's tied with For San sure. Antonio. We're, we're going to put it together. It's going to happen. But there's nothing wrong with you know we're taping this on september what it's today the 22nd something like that september 22nd you don't have to decide next week like no, and, yeah. a, and the, the cool thing is other stuff will develop as you get you'll get into one thing that will lead to the next thing you and Meg together are a thing you know there's that as well mm-hmm. is she gonna play forever
0: i don't wanna <clears throat> i don't think she's like publicly said anything but she's it's she actually sounds similar to how i was um, when I kind of got into those late thirties, which you just kind of take it one year at a time. It's not even a cliche. You're just literally on a one year plan. Cause you have no idea what you're going to feel like you do what you can to get ready for a season. And then you're in the season and then you have no idea what the off season brings. So for her right now, she, the world cup is a year away. So she's very much focused on that. What that means is she definitely plays another Seattle rain season. Although I think she's a free agent, so that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I don't think she's going anywhere, but I think she's a free agent. Um, so I think for for one more year, she's she's a solid in hundred percent, and then she'll reevaluate.
1: Well, there's options within up op- like right. Same thing for her. She could always be in soccer or transfer over, over and stuff. Yeah, get into yeah. between Whatever. two birds.
0: She can do. Either I mean, bird Megan. and Rapino. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's kind of a bird. So it could be between us. Um, yeah, the one thing I will say this, I've, I've like come to realize this. I just love I do like TV stuff, TV work, but I'm not just always in front of the camera. Like I like production. I like really enjoy. So we did <laughs> Megan and I did this stupid pandemic IG live. Show. I mean, loosely show. Every Saturday night at a certain time, we'd go on IG Live and just like act a fool. We were drinking, we're going, you know, talking about this, talking about that. We had guests. And I really got into for the first time, I think I always knew this about myself, but I just, it was the first time I could actually do it. I really got into like putting the show together, right? Like we had segments and I wanted it to flow. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I like this. Like this is like, I'm really enjoying this. Yes, the creation. So, I actually am a part of a production company together. Myself, three other athletes, we're like the founders and they're already doing so much amazing content. So I could see myself getting more involved in that, right? Like if there's a, a project I see, a story I want to, I, I see that I want to have told, like just being on the back and like, yeah, like on the other side of the camera, so to speak. So that yeah. that's kind of interesting, but I kind of want to do both too. I want to be in front also.
1: Yeah, and any of the three or four pitches i give you later, but um, <laughs> do you realize <coughs> I know you're very humble. You're, you know, girl next door kind of thing, but you really do hold, a no, for real. You hold yeah, a good amount of power to do what it is you want to do next. It's not like, you know, you have to go to help one. And no offense to people who do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you'll, I mean, you'll be I, able to I, I do feel good about that. More than than react, I guess is the best. Yes, way to say.
0: yes, yes. And I yes, and I feel good about that. Like I feel I tried to like check some things out. Once I stopped playing overseas and I was home more, um, I was still in the WBA, obviously, but tried to, you know, check some other career. I worked for the Nuggets for a little sure. bit. So I tried to like dip my toe and yeah, it really helped me because I feel like not only did I get to see what I like and what I don't like, I also got to make some, you know, pretty incredible relationships. And now that that I am done, you know, I'll get to tap into those like, hey, who's got a job for me?
1: Touched on it a little bit ago when you're talking about the activism that that mm-hmm. actually due to to Meg initially, but also the WNBA in general, and then it really stepped up. You know the way you you all got what a Loeffler Leffler, how do you say her last name? The, yeah, Lefler. yeah, the Atlanta Dream, right? Yeah, um, and <clears throat> center, and I mean I would argue the women of the WNBA were stronger advocates and first to the table than were most male athletes so many others and i know a lot of people i won't name them they're always worried about if i say this and it looks like i'm I'm gonna alienate maybe 47 percent of that well yeah but you're also you gotta live with yourself too and you guys girls just did it you just here's what we believe in and we're gonna go out there and say it and you got called woke and all the other stupid shit. (laughs) Uh, you were like it was really inspiring and i mean most of the women Most of the people that I follow, like Twitter in particular, it turns out the ones that I find to be more of the leader and the strength are the women. I, I could name twenty that I follow. That like I'm inspired by them, I agree with them, I like to amplify them, mm-hmm. and the WNBA would be included in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think everything you just said is really true, and thank you. Um, I think we we've had to deal with a lot, like in our <laughs> in our own right. lives, right? Just as women in this world. Like, as we all know, WNBA is made up. It's like, gosh, I don't know the exact numbers, like 75, 80% women of color. We have a large LGBTQ, you know, population, I guess, in our league, Um, you name it. So it's like racism, sexism, homophobia, all the things are constantly happening to us since birth, really. And then as a league, as women's basketball players, it's so tangible the ways in which we have been marginalized. And I think what happened is we started to realize in 2016, because we've always kind of been there, if you will. Like we've always kind of done stuff. Like even in Seattle, around that same time, our owners decided to have a Planned Parenthood night where like a certain percentage of the ticket sales were gonna go to Planned Parenthood. Like we've always kind of been there, but 2016 really taught us what it was to do it as a group. Like how we have 144 players any given season and how that voice is louder when we're doing it together versus just like a one-off. And that, in my opinion, when 2020 came around, the pandemic hits, everybody watches George Floyd get m- murdered. And like what that started, we were like, oh, we're ready for this. Like we already had experience being strategic, like being strategic. And now we're like ready for this moment. And we got very strategic very quick with what we wanted to do. And of course you mentioned um, Kelly Leffler. and that, that just gave us this opportunity to, to show what happens when you come together? You get strategic. What you can get done.
1: And it was practical as well. With did I just hear? We're gonna take a time out of here. Something. What am I hearing? I think like?
0: you. I think you heard my washing machine. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. You can hear it. You know what? We're just gonna leave it in then. We're not. Okay. Have you now in retirement realized you have a shitty washing machine? Like you? <laughs> well, it must now have just hit. It.
0: Let me. Let me close the door. Hold on.
1: I'm working for you. super does seven. her laundry. No, you, we just landed a Maytag deal right there. You're going to do a commercial. Here she is in a podcast. We'll give you this for free. She's struggling, you know, with a horrible washing machine that, you know, she got from her uh, aunt or something when she wasn't making any money the WNBA. How long have you had the washing machine?
0: Um, it came with the apartment. So I've been here 11 years.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm the first <laughs>
0: owner, though. So it's just me.
1: It was, it was a new building where do you live I'm not asking for your address <laughs> are you in Queen. the city city are you no, no no I'm in Queen Anne oh well I mean that's still a, yeah. but you're not yeah, downtown right skyscraper city no no no. Do you have a no, view do you see the ferries. do you see the. I do ground? I have a good
0: view I see it all it's nice very relaxing
1: Gaylor Street are you on Gaylor pretty, <laughs> pretty
0: close pretty close
1: do you know Olympia Pizza <laughs> I do I do I can walk okay how about when it snows the it snowed more Ugh. recently, it seems, but people will sled down Queen Anne Hill. It's pretty crazy to watch. It is pretty crazy. They'll
0: also build, um, in Kerry Park, they'll build like a jump and people uh-huh. will, people will on their skis, get dragged by a car. And then right when they get to where that jump is, they kind of let go and they peel off and they go <laughs> off the jump.
1: Oh my goodness. Not yeah. down to the basketball court.
0: Pretty much, but it's not, yes, you know, like that basketball court's famous. Yeah, pretty much, but that hill is not steep on the other side. It's like okay. a very much like a gradual, so they, I think they just land and kind of, it's very gradual. It's not I like steep how at
1: all. we effortlessly transition from social issues and advocacy to, <laughs> to snow. I mean, do you want
0: me to talk about how, how Seattle people handle snow?
1: Oh, they're terrible.
0: Oh, my God, it's like i'm like why why there's one inch why do you have chains yeah. on your tires yeah it's i just it, it blew my mind the first time i was here when it snowed
1: but getting back to the social issues off the yeah, sure. snow skiing in seattle and the beautiful apartment she has and the horrible washing machine which she's going to get an advertising deal for like did you ever have to walk through all right if today i say this about that i might suffer for it like did you have to contemplate that sometimes <clears throat>
0: not really like what was what what at that point it's, it's like if we just kind of look at those years that i was talking about from like 2015 16 to 2020 like what were any of us losing we weren't getting anything anyways like yeah. that's like that's the whole point like we're this well, we're i mean like piss
1: off, your, piss off your fan baseness you know like oh, there might be okay. people at the storm game that are yeah, well politically don't aligned need with them then you. okay that's how I, I kind of felt i was kind of the same way it's just that you had to do it like like some people are just, they'll hammer it all day long. It's their career.
0: I know. You were
1: more selective. You know, you did it when you when it meant something, and you supported this. Or you oh, you it mean up. okay? Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. I thought you meant like fans. more on social. Exactly.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it, it's not not a factor. I think for us, what we found as players and as a league was, man, it's like we just need to be you kind of said it need to be able to go to sleep at night feeling good about what you're doing like that's most important but also like this is who we are this is authentic to us to yeah. do anything else would have been disingenuous right so that i think is where that's like a maybe a subtle difference in terms of what some other people deal with which is like th- like we have to speak on these things they're they're directly impacting us but also if we don't like we're the ones with the platform if we don't like who's going to do it yeah and so you have to be able to just kind of focus on that. And what's, what's interesting, I think, is like by doing that, I think people are drawn to authenticity, like big time. Like who wants to be around somebody who like they're fake or they're going to say, you know, this on a Monday and that on a Tuesday. With us, we're now generating this whole other fan base because people know exactly who we are. They know exactly what we stand for. They know exactly what they're going to get. Yeah. And, they're and drawn also
1: – it wasn't just wearing a t shirt, it was doing other things uh-huh. that actually had a true impact. Not that a yeah. t shirt doesn't, but you know, helping with with um you know different causes, Black Voters Matter or Fair Fight, Stacey Abrams, you know, there All was it, support yeah. for things that tangibly were gonna affect elections.
0: Yeah, I mean it is wild you brought up again, Kelly Leffler, like we helped get a senator in his seat. What? Like that's yeah. insane.
1: Vote Warnock, like, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the one time where t-shirts What's interesting about t-shirts is sometimes it does get redundant. Like let's be honest. Sometimes it's like, oh, like it's just okay, there's another one in the mix. But then there are these moments where you it's you're, you're really it's only the only voice you have. It's the only way to communicate it. And so when we had all of us wearing those Vote Warnock t-shirts walking into the the um, I don't know, can I call it an arena? It was it was like some random it was so weird where we played in the bubble bubble. it was so weird yeah um walking into the games that was a very powerful moment and it spoke volumes with just a t-shirt and that put that helped put reverend Warnock on the map it gave him i think a little bit of like street cred and people were now talking about "Oh, what is this what is that and that was that was huge and kind of starting his his catapult to, to victory
1: well as we tape this september 22 our show starts october i think 13 Hopefully we, we should probably try to run this ahead of the vote. Because yeah, right now, if he's... the polls are correct, I know he's in danger of being beaten by Herschel Walker. I can't, I don't believe
0: it. I, I refuse can't. to believe this. Say I refuse. Something I re- it's like the numbers aren't in yet. I refuse. I'm gonna, I'm
1: gonna I go cannot believe that. Um, yeah. So we'll be <laughs> the moment of silence. Pray for and
0: it, my dad's name is Herschel, so growing up. Oh. This is a really I have, I don't even know where who where did Herschel Walker play like Minnesota?
1: Georgia. Georgia. Oh, no. In in the pros. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Minnesota. Well, I don't even First the New Jersey Generals. Oh, okay. Owned okay. by Donald Trump. Oh,
0: Donald Trump. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know him. I don't know him as a football player except Oh, that guy has the same name as my dad. And now I'm just like so disappointed. <laughs> like damn, what dad? I know. No, damn it.
1: Well, I was about to Personally. go way back and, okay. and you led me there. So you I wouldn't I wouldn't say like when they say Long Island, technically you're on Long Island, but you were over toward the New York City side more, right? Just, just um, barely over the line.
0: No, so I grew up I did grow up on Long Island, but in Nassau County, which is closer. So where I grew up is like I don't know, you can probably look it up, but like 30, Belmont, 45 minutes. Are you by
1: Belmont Park, kind of?
0: <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm more east and north. Okay. But I know I'm very familiar, very familiar so, with Belmont. But then I went to school in Queens, my right.
1: junior and senior year. You transferred. Yeah. You went. You went to Trans- the transfer. Portal. I was in.
0: I was in the portal before there was a portal. <laughs> yeah, you weren't.
1: Did you get a nil? Um, you weren't getting <laughs> <No>. <laughs> enough competition at your local high school. God bless. No disrespect to the local high school.
0: Yeah, there's like a combination of things happening. Um, my parents were splitting up, so there was that, and then there was also this basketball factor of like. It wasn't the competition, it was just, um, my parents didn't feel like that was the place that was gonna like help me, gotcha. and Christ the King would, yeah. But, and I already knew people at Christ the King, cause I played on the AAU team affiliated there. So it wasn't as big of an adjustment, uh, except now I'm in a Catholic school. I'm half Jewish, I'm in a Catholic school wearing a skirt. The best part was when we had, <laughs> when they did confession, you know, like, I don't know, once or twice a, a year, I got a free period, so that was a big bonus. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was different, public. A middle-class, really like mid to upper-class town that I grew up in, probably like 90% white, and now I go to Queens. And I'm I'm not in the minority by any means, but it was definitely much more of a melting pot, and it's the best thing that could have happened to me.
1: And the competition was more fierce. And the competition was more fierce, yes. Now, what drew you to basketball? Who was your first mentor? Who were your idols watching? Like... Give me your young super seven years old basketball story or whatever it was.
0: So my sister's five years older and that she just that drew me to sports because I just did everything she did. So I always joke. I'm like, luckily, she picked up a basketball, you know, but I think if you go even before that, I was a tomboy like through and through. So I was always, you know, if I wasn't on my bike, trying to do something or rallying the kids in the neighborhood. I was climbing a tree or I was playing manhunt, hide and go seek, all the things. And so I just was always kind of active and athletic in that way. So I think I would have found sports regardless. I would have found basketball regardless, but it is my sister. I'm kind of following her that, that put the ball in my hands. Um, And I just was always like, I I don't, I actually wouldn't qualify myself myself as like I'm in love, I live and breathe sports and basketball and I just shot a thousand shots a day. That's not my story. <laughs> if anything, I'm like all my coaches wish that was my story. That was not my story. I just I just liked being active and, I, and play. Like I liked playing. So I just played a lot. And then, you know, from there you start to watch. I remember in around like 90, 91, so I'm like 10, 11 years old. My dad sits me down and my my parents are not, any kind of pressuring parents at all like they never even nothing but my dad sits me down and there was like some sort of documentary on the stanford women's team that had just won a national championship i think they were trying to repeat maybe and i saw Jen az and we have like very similar builds like very similar our hair is the same like all the things and i was like (gasps) like that could be me yeah like this was my first moment of like (gasps) oh And then I saw her again years later um, with the national team when they were touring around before the Atlanta games in 96. And that was another, I was like, Oh, that could be me, you know? So that's probably the first person that I felt that way about. But as we know, there weren't that many women. So I also started watching um, like male players. And one of my favorites is um, well, Lenny Skywalker is my favorite Nick of all time. I was obsessed. Nice. our games could not be different could not be more different I was obsessed I went to Nick games growing up I was obsessed but it was actually Mike Bibby where I was like that's my guy I love Mike Bibby mm-hmm. favorite player of all time
1: you've done playing on bicycles and whatnot and emulated these other women <laughs> and now you go to UConn mm-hmm. and you got hurt right away right you was your yeah, freshman man. year
0: yeah torn ACL like I
1: mean the eight. whole thing might not have happened
0: I know back then it was like ACL was a, like, death notice. Like, you didn't know if you were going to come back from it. The year was 1998.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I remember. That, that's significant.
0: Yeah, yeah I was. I had no idea what was going to happen. And I'd only, I played in, like, seven or eight games. So I couldn't redshirt. So I lost the year. So that was also a bummer on top of a bummer. And I was just really lucky that my teammate, Shay Ralph, do you remember that name?
1: Mm-hmm, sure.
0: Yeah. She had gone through a couple of ACLs at that point. And so I had her to kind of guide me through it. And it and it helped. And it's actually, you know, if I had to pinpoint one moment that kind of changed things for me from a basketball standpoint, it was it was getting injured. It was having basketball taken away from me for the first time and kind of stepping away from it kind of, I don't know, probably created some sort of mental toughness, having to go through it, bouncing back from it, all the things, yeah. all the things.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad you recovered. I mean, yeah, me too. <laughs> that's a scary thing, too, because I don't know if true or untrue, you were on the fence because UConn had some other pretty good players already. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Should I go here? Should I, I want to play.
0: And yeah, that did. was a big part and then of Then somebody
1: else drop out and, and shift to another school and then, all right, I'm, I can't um, remember the exact chronology.
0: Yeah, the, the short of it is when I was being recruited, there was a point guard that had already committed. They wanted two point guards in the class, though, so there was still a, a spot okay. open, but then a second one committed, so now the spots are taken. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So right out the gate, literally meaning like before anyone's even signing letter, letters of intent, these spots no longer exist. And then what happened was one of the players took back their commitment okay. and now a spot opened up again. And so that's the spot that I eventually took. But there was two of us, yeah, two point guards and we had to compete our freshman year. She ended up having, um, she didn't, she didn't transfer. She just had like a lot of injuries, they just added up. So she yeah. never really, it's sad actually, she was really good at just, she never had a chance to even play. She never really played much. There was like little pockets of time, but the injuries uh, got her.
1: Well, here's the thing, you, I saw a bunch of your games this year in person too, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were still playing with really fresh, you may not have thought so, cause you're you.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what you are, <laughs>
1: right? But. I couldn't tell a difference. You you look fresh, you look young, you mm-hmm. look happy. Mm-hmm. I love your mad face when things aren't going bad. It's very funny <laughs> to watch, it's one of my favorite things. Um, uh, I hate my mad face, but yeah, Oh, it's, it's It's hysterical. Um, <laughs> yeah. But clearly you could play some more.
0: Oh yeah, physically. Mm-hmm.
1: So did you, what was it about everything? Just damn, how many years you want from me? Like, is yeah. that it?
0: No, I think it was a combination. I did. So how the season finished, and I'm so thankful for it, I did have a healthy year. I had yeah. no issues. I, 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 And I'm like not a training room person to start with. <clears throat> um, and I feel really lucky. I was like never in there. I just, I don't, I don't really like the training room. So I had no issues, not even the old lady, like, oh, you wake up one day with a kink in your neck or, oh, why does my back hurt out of nowhere? I had none of that. I had a really seamless year, and that can actually be really confusing. Like as the seasons, you know, as the season was ending and then it was over, I was like, "Oh, this is weird. I can still do this." But you start to kind of, well, I think you said it best. Like you don't see a difference, but I know a difference. Yeah. Like I feel the difference. What and it took it,
1: to get up for games <clears throat> like that. Kind of no, thing? no, no,
0: no. Like literally, what I'm able to do on the court. Got like you. I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'm not as quick as I used to be. Um, the start stop of it all, it gets a little harder. And so you're just not able, I'm still obviously out there performing and, and doing enough, but I'm just like, I'm almost like a shell of myself in some ways. And I, and it got, it got hard cause you, you kind of missed that. And so it, it just got to a point where I was like, okay, am I actually playing the game anymore? Is it as enjoyable as it could be? Cause I'm not able to do the things right. that I want to do. So that can
1: get a little frustrating. And
0: then of course there's this whole idea of like living a life outside of basketball that yeah. became very attractive.
1: Have you since you guys were eliminated in that time period, have you picked up a basketball? Have you gone anywhere and shot a basketball?
0: Nope. Nope. I haven't. Um I did though, I told you I didn't watch the WNBA finals. I was that Just you at at just couldn't?
1: You just couldn't because it was so bitter? It kind
0: of yeah it kinda of, it kind of stung. Um
1: it's not that you don't support women's basketball. No, That's it's not not the I don't reason. support
0: women's basketball. No, obviously. Um, I actually got asked to be a part of the coverage yeah. in different ways, and even that, it just felt yeah yeah, it just felt like the wound was still open. Um, oh,
1: sure. yeah, it just
0: felt like I didn't want to be around it. How about that?
1: I have a basketball opportunity. It could be your next time. Yeah.
0: Well, what I was going to say is last night, and this is how I know I'm in a better place. Last yeah. night, um, the U.S. women's national team is in the World Cup right now. It was like a big tournament. Yep. And last night they played a game and I like couldn't wait to watch it. There you go. So I think it was more so like the WNBA finals
1: right. felt a little too soon. But yeah, basketball like, in
0: general, I'm excited to be a fan. I've said that for a while now.
1: Yeah, that's and that's not unusual. You, you'll hear oh, no, football yeah. players, they they lose the conference championship. I ain't watching the Super Bowl. I should be in the Super Bowl, you know, it's like that. Exactly, that was pretty so. much the sentiment, yeah. I went to your practice in Seattle a few weeks ago and and I think I've seen I've seen this before because they did this back at UNLV. The women's team would play men all the time. That was a practice you guys did. I don't think a lot of people even know that exists. Mm -hmm. You would bring in some pretty solid men who played probably college somewhere or whatever and scrimmage against them. Mm -hmm. Is it slightly more fun to cross over a male and hit a 20 (laughs) foot jumper in his face than it is a female? No disrespect to females.
0: No, no, no. You know what I'm saying, though, because they... Only if, only if, like, there's some guys where they just have a vibe about them. Right. That they're, like, trying to make the team or they're just going, like, a little harder than they would normally. Yes. It's those ones where it feels the best. Otherwise, <laughs> whatever. But, no, our practice guys, like, shout oh, out to great. them. They're great. Yeah, they're perfect. And it's, it's, like, it kind of serves two purposes. We get to rest. So we, we only have, this year... We only had ten people because we had some injuries. Right. We only had ten players, yeah. So you don't have to do so when you know the five other players need to work on the offense. That means I have to play defense against them. So it's just it's nice to have yeah. people to put in so we all get to rest at different points. And then yeah, when the scrimmaging happens, they're obviously like you said, most of them played in college. Some of them even played pro, and it's good to to get challenged in that way because they are just bigger and stronger and yeah. faster and all the things.
1: Yeah, so it's like perfect. You guys.
0: It's oh yeah playing. we handle them oh
1: we yeah. handle them. yeah and yeah. that's i love watching it because we had the same thing it was 100 years ago but you know some of the better basketball guys that weren't real basketball players they were just other athletes and they would just get dusted like you know yeah. they don't have <laughs> for one they're playing garbage basketball you guys play such a smart fun interesting mm-hmm. games real screens real basketball and i think some men are kind of, it's like the old thing after the the olympics in 20 uh well 21 really but it was the 20 olympics and they had some poll and it, and like 42% of American men said they could be an Olympic event.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: I'm like, come on. Come on. Yeah, I, know, that's I could a, play dude. goalie. They might score 20 goals, but yeah, I could yeah. stand there. But
0: I think it was like Bill Murray who said something in a previous Olympics where he was basically like, I think it was him and i think he tweeted it i think it was like there needs to be like in swimming there needs to be like the lanes and then they have to like have like a regular guy lane <laughs> just so we could all see what would yeah. happen if a regular person raced against all of these 100%. people i was just yeah.
1: saying this to josiah johnson or was it rex chapman whatever i taped them both the other day and how you know talk radio always picking on somebody who had a bad game and, and ridiculing them because they're not michael jordan it's was like, dude, the, the worst player on the worst NBA team, if you went to any gym in America, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, who's this guy, yeah. you know? And yeah. same for the women, you know? Absolutely,
0: yeah, I know. I think there's a video of, like, Fred Van Vliet, who's, I mean, he's like an all-star, So it's yeah. but obviously his story is such where it's like he wasn't the top guy right away, and he just sure. goes to gyms and just, like, dusts people, just, like, literally, like, nobody can even touch him, and that's the reality of it. And, it, I, you know, people just get bored on social media. That's all that's happening right now
1: it's okay well you're not boring i connected you i sent you like I, I think it's fun to do too to show someone like you who who has this you know incredible legacy that there's somebody else who thinks you're pretty cool and yeah. that you get tickled by it and yeah. that that like that like is very moving that's like a cool thing so it's i'm so a pearl jam in new york city madison square garden serena and venus were there i heard and you know Like, respective of nothing else that's happening in the evening, Eddie Vedder decides to just (laughs) do a little tribute to Sue Bird. I felt like doing it. So they did. And it was really cool. A lot of the audience knew you and and there was a good cheer. I could hear other people like, What the fuck just happened? No, it wasn't they didn't know you. It was more, it was just so, such a non sequitur. I would down, like, We're from Seattle and Sue Bird's fucking awesome. Sue Bird, what up? You know, it was pretty much like that. But it was pretty cool. I got that so,
0: video. I had a lot of friends at that concert, yeah. apparently. I got like eight angles of that video, of that moment.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, so, so I have like literally eight angles of it. So I'm friends with Jeff, their bass player, and I sent him a text. Hey, I told Sue about what Ed did. She was really touched. And he tells the story. Yeah, before the show, we were just talking, and mm-hmm. I brought up how Sue Bird's arguably the best athlete who's ever played in Seattle, You know, most accomplished and, and the greatest career. And so that's kind of cool too. Pearl Jam is about to do Madison Square Garden, one of the biggest venues in the world. And they're backstage <laughs> talking about women's basketball. I mean, I know, that's I know, pretty good, too.
0: I know. Loki. I'm like, those must be those moments. That That's when, like, the best conversations must, must happen. 100%. That's where you need to hold, have your podcast.
1: Yeah. Getting those but, moments. Well, we're, we're, we're efforting, for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, who played basketball at Montana, he's a basketball head. He used to be a Sonics guy. who's tight with, you know, some of the Sonic player back in the day he still likes to play he's almost my age not quite that old but he's getting there um he wants to play play horse with you and where's his like local pickup game yeah next time we're all in seattle
0: i'm free
1: can we can we get 10 minutes of your time a half two hours Absolutely. and take you to lunch um wish you well and whatever you choose next thank you and it was a thrill to talk to you and i like you
0: yeah i like you too thanks for having me this is fun
1: Hey, main is a production of me, Kenny Maine, and Odyssey. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen. Our executive producer is Jody Avergan. And our executive producer for Odyssey is Lena Glazer. If you like our show, please rate us, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe.